Maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> This has its own magic. Welcome back to 88.3 WHUT's After Further Review. Talked a little bit of NFL football, championship weekend review, Super Bowl kind of preview. It's not coming up this Sunday, but next Sunday in February, the first weekend of February... And then after that, guess what? Kind of winding down high school boys and girls basketball, but it gets in the full swing of the second half of the NBA uh, season. I mean, it's already past the halfway point, but in February, you basically have the NBA All-Star game. And then also in, in February, um, you have primetime basketball on ABC. And then also on ABC, you'll have uh, some Sunday afternoon games. Uh, just just love it when that that time of the season comes around as a kid i've always loved having the uh, nba on uh kind of different with the saturday prime time though but in, on sundays back in the day when it was on the nbc network you can get your triple or quadruple headers um of basketball but we were talking about a little bit of nba basketball and uh david got a few topics no all-star um, selections you want to talk about. You also want to talk about a little bit about LeBron. He's about about to pass Kobe Bryant his third time all time leading scorer. There was some one other thing you wanted to talk about. What was it? Yeah, the debut. If you know you've been living under a rock, the debut of Zion Williamson, which no, seemed yes. that as soon as it was announced, took over ESPN all week. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to say like I was underwhelmed by his debut. Why? But. Like, like I know he's coming back from injury, and kind of we saw within the first three quarters that like you could tell the coming back NBA live action playing at that intensity, that speed. Took him a little while. He had a couple mistakes. But I feel like people are overblowing his 17 points, you know, 17 straight points for the Pelicans in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, I think for me, like, two things. One... It just says something about the Pelicans that you needed those points from him, like him being the taking all the points, ball in his hands, where guys like Brandon Ingram, even Alonzo Ball, kind of sometimes would have been able to get some of those baskets and they as they as they have been doing throughout the year. But I think for me, seeing him shoot the ball really, because we can remember all last year. Basically, it took him until February and March to even shoot the ball outside of the paint and within like three feet of the paint. It was similar to kind of how we approach Ben Simmons now. But I think because of the surgery, him kind of in videos that we've seen of him practicing and recovering from his injury, he was taking shots. He was just shooting the ball. He was trying to work on his rhythm, work on his shot. And I think it proved that be helpful in that situation because coming into the league, the sky report is Zion's not going to shoot. So give him the space. And we saw him 
hit those buckets. Do I expect him to go perfect every game from three? No. But if he can shoot 25, 30, 35% from three, like that's, that's respectable for a big man. And then he brings his intensity, he attacks the, attacks the basket like we like he's done in all of his other videos, dunking everything. I just, like, that's why I came to expect. It wasn't so much for me, like, oh, he, you know, blew everyone away with his performance. Like, 22 and 7, 22 and 9, that's, like, that's serviceable. That's, that's what you should get if for a guy his size with his height, that's what he did in college. That's what he was doing in the preseason. So that was just kind of on par for what he had been doing. Now, do I want him to improve? Obviously, is he going to improve as time goes on? Yes. But at the same time, you still got to slim down, dude. Maybe like 10, 15. But he's still looking a little, you know, a little big bone. Well, I, I thought coming off an injury, he still looked a little out of shape. He's not in game shape. I mean, it's a lot different. Um, when you're in game shape compared to actual being in um, treadmill shape. Uh, he He's only on a four-minute restriction, I believe, every quarter. I think he only can play four minutes at a time. So, I mean, he's got to be a scoring juggernaut machine, and he was getting his rhythm, and it just seemed to me I didn't really see the game. I saw clips of it. And, and in the fourth quarter, he really picked it up, and he got uh, 17 points in that quarter. Um, what it revealed to me is the guy's a special talent. He is going to be a special talent. Um, he can play in the league, obviously. Um, he just has to get accustomed to playing and getting his legs under him. The only question I like I've said before is the health situation. I mean, he does have a body build that causes concern. I would say. Um, I really would be concerned as the Pelicans with his with the way his body is just built that um, he it's it's just not conducive to him basically can how long can he play like that you know what I'm saying and not yeah. get injured and and not continually to get injured and then you got once he gets injured he's gonna put on the weight because he looks like he's gonna be a dude that if he's not playing or he has a bad off season he's really gonna put on weight and that's gonna be the concern. And that's the thing that, you know, when you pick a player like that that's going to be a franchise player, you're looking about, can this dude, barring free agency, give me, now I guess nowadays with free agency, 7 to 10 years of production. And back in the day, it used to be at least 10 to 14. But now with free agency, after about 7 years, you can end up leaving like LeBron. I don't, I don't know. I don't see that from him. I could see 3 to 4 years. And then as he gets older, I mean, he's still young, but it's still concerning, though, that once again, like I mentioned earlier, he looked pretty pudgy, you know, and then he looked a little more pudgy after the, you know, during the off season. So he's going to have to really get with a dietitian, really, you know, be in shape. And it gets harder and harder as you get older, too. And then there's some guys that, you know, now obviously I'm I'm a little older now that, you can work out as hard as you want to, but just the way that your body becomes, either genetics or age or whatever, where you just can't take the weight off. I mean, you can go as hard as you want, but because of the way your genetics are or the way your body is, that can happen. And I can see that being with him, where 
he's on he right now you can already tell freak of nature can jump out the building can do whatever but i'm looking down the line where is he going to be disciplined enough where you know what you might have to do a little bit more to stay in shape because we've seen this with certain basketball players now most of those guys have been big men and in the post where you know they're just naturally big and then after i've seen it after the age of 25 if they don't really keep in shape they can really blow up and 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 that's the only concern i have with them but to me he's all the hype he's exciting to watch he can play in this league and he can be a franchise changing player but the the main concern with with just with me is how long can he sustain it without one barring a major injury and two can he actually stay in shape yeah and i and i'd be interested to see just even by the end of his rookie deal which would put him in his early you know early to mid twenties, can he like how how will he look? Will he have, like you said, a couple more injuries? Will that is that going to affect him? I don't think he can swim down to, you know, being like two thirty, two forty. Like that's gonna take like a lot of that discipline yeah. and that working. But... I think he's gonna be around two fifty, two sixty most of his career. Um, you yeah, know, like so... like LeBron is a big dude. But he works out, but he's got the f- the frame of how he's built. You can tell he just needs to work. If he just stays active, he'll keep it off. I think Zion's going to be a guy, even though if he stays active, he's going to really have to watch his diet. I mean, he's going to have to be really disciplined because, I mean, he could probably look at a donut and, and just ex- blow up. So, you know, he just, ha- it just you could just tell he has those type of genetics where he's going to have to, you know, probably not have a lot of sugar, you know, eat a lot of sugars, or eat a lot of carbs. I mean, it's going to have to be a really, really strict diet for him to keep the weight off. And even if he does have that strict diet, just because of genetics, it's still going to be hard for him. Yeah, like I could see him, I'm not projecting, I could see him having a kind of an Andre Drummond to Zach Randolph build his entire career to where he's still elusive, he can still move, he can still run up and down the court. But... Not saying that those guys have those pre-existing knee injuries, but just kind of carrying that weight for so long, how will it affect the joint? Mm-hmm. And so just, yeah, just a lot of that medical thing, a lot of those concerns that we had even when he was at Duke. Just like, dude, if you can't stay healthy in college and you're only going to be here for, you know, a semester, what, what all can you add on? And we know with the NBA, he probably has his own private group. I mean, even if you got to, you know, go cross town and look at the Saints kind of guy, Saints medical facility, see what they can do in terms of recommendations for diet, exercise, nutrition, just to maintain that mobility and prevent some of those knee injuries. Because you almost have to, I don't want to kind of cross sports, but you almost have to kind of have to treat them like, you know, like one of the linemen or a linebacker who takes like a lot of wear and tear to the knees. And just a lot of that physicality that he his play style is kind of both and centered around. Mm-hmm. And so, can you can you last for that seven to ten years, or is it? Are we going to start to see some of that body break down sooner rather than later? Unfortunately, but it's going to be interesting. And you know, ESPN is going to monitor regardless. They're going to have an update every time he does something. Uh, the Zion, the Zion hype has officially escalated into finally him playing in the in an NBA game. 
I mean, we'll, we'll see see what happens. What's the next thing? I still, I, I, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll pay to see Zion play. Um, like I said, I just hope he, it doesn't. His career doesn't get marred with injuries, and it becomes a what if. You know, you see, because you see with players, it's a glimpse of what they can do, and then it's like, uh, what if? Yeah, and transitioning to one of those players that we know kind of what us because he seemingly never gets hurt. Our boy LeBron James, fourteen points away as of this taping, we're recording on Friday, so he may break the record in Philadelphia tonight. I, I think it's time for even people like me to just say, hey, LeBron, LeBron's good. Like he's Because he's you know, played nonstop and everyone compares him to, to Jordan, who, again, took two years off in the primary career to play another sport. But I think LeBron James is trying to get people like, hey, I'm top five, top three in all these categories. I'm this jack of all trades. And I think, and I'll be, I'll be the first to say it, we have a documented history of my my feelings about LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's time for me to get you know start saying like, hey, he's in the conversation, top five, top ten players of all time, without any kind of discussion, conversation, and for him to be doing it wearing a Lakers jersey, which that's a mercenary kind of thing. If he he could stay in Cleveland the rest of his career, he could have stayed in Miami, but. You know the media empire, Space Jam two coming out. But yeah, yeah, LeBron—he's a pretty good guy. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll go down to the record book as a top five player all the time. Well, he is. I mean, well, well, come on, man. We know that he's. A, I mean, let, let's face it. LeBron has been a, a, a top five player the last, I guess, five to ten years. I mean, we we know that, and he's top score, top assist, probably have top rebounds and everything. So it it'll be it'll it'll be interesting um to see that. Uh I I know you don't like LeBron too much and and, and he's the king <laughs> and you like to hate on the guy, but you just you gotta give credit where credit is due. Yeah, I mean I think it just goes to show kind of if he can stay healthy, that's everyone's talking about Zion being the next LeBron. We've done the next LeBron thing pretty much every draft for for a while. But yeah, if he can he's the prototype for this next generation. The players like the Lucas, like the even Trey Young, like the kind of Brandon Ingram to a certain extent where size Kevin or even Kevin Durant, kind of the size, strength, quickness, but scoring ability can do everything. Wants to be the six seven, six eight, six nine point guard. You kind of just position with basketball where yeah you, you can be a point guard you know you can be in the league six one fifty point guard but the guys that are really dictating the offense seem to be that small forward position mm. and it just seems like that's the, that's the current evolution of the game that we're in now we see a lot of teams where your point guard is that lebron james spot mm. like so just just me not conceding. I mean, I'm still going to hate on LeBron a little bit because, you know, if he were, could have just done it in Cleveland or Miami, didn't have to go out west. But, yeah, Le- LeBron's the guy. Mm-hmm. So. Now, 
uh what was the other thing you wanted to talk about the trade was it trade it was one more thing oh john beeline we never did get to talk about that because obviously i think certain things that happened and we didn't get into that i know it's old news but go ahead yeah so john beeline for those of you that don't remember probably again it's been so long john beeline in a training session calling his players thugs he recants that he meant to say that they were playing like slugs and kind of because they were playing so slow, they didn't have the intensity. And so my question is kind of being a basketball analyst, mm-hmm. like are coaches out here just kind of disrespecting players like this? Did he, was he saying this kind of stuff at Michigan and that no one just kind of talked about it because they, they weren't getting quote unquote paid like professionals. I mean, I've never been in a basketball training session, so I don't know how coaches talk to the players. Maybe you have some insights there. It just seemed like weird, just that kind of rhetoric in general. Whether you know, calling, but even if you're calling, you know, your players slugs, like what? How's that supposed to motivate? How's that supposed to, you know, get a kick in their backside and say, hey, you guys need to play fast? It just seemed weird, and now the Cleveland Cavaliers. Continue to struggle. They haven't. They only have two wins this calendar year. They're kind of looking like they're going to be in that lottery top five, top ten, for sure, top ten. Like I don't see them winning more than twenty-five, thirty games at this point. Well, here's the thing. It, 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 it's Cleveland. It's a. It's a. It's a bad team and I think that certain things are getting out of hand it's a very immature team fun team to watch at times but very immature to the point where why did this information get out if you have you ever noticed teams that are winning that this type of information doesn't kind of get out and I'm and I'm sure in meetings things happen like this he said he I think what was he said that he called them he didn't want them playing like thugs, but he meant something else. I forget the story's been so long ago. Um, but to me, this is pettiness. I mean, it, it, it's <laughs> it's like okay, he made a mistake. Move on. There's bigger. There's bigger fish to fry. Just personally, that's what I think. I mean, you're not winning ball games. You 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 got a bunch of rookies trying to learn how to to win the NBA, and he's learning as well because this is his first year in the NBA, and if you know anything about basketball, the NBA game is totally different than college, totally different than high school, and a lot of people try to compare the NBA game with the high school and college, and then they don't understand it. So that that's one thing, but when there's losing teams, there's always this going on, and how did this information get out to the point where, you know, he has to apologize and stuff like that. I think this should have been more in-house where, you know, hey, this happened, I apologize, and you move on, but instead, it gets out in the media, and then we sit up here and talk about it on this podcast. To me, it tells me there's a lot more issues with the Cavaliers, and obviously, it's just a lot of young and, and, and immaturity where let's face it you, you you don't want to be called thugs but then you know they probably like man we was over there being a thug on the court we bullied these dudes i mean you know w- w- which story is it come on so to me he made a mistake there's a lot worse words he could have used now if he probably would have used the n-word or something like that then i would have been like okay you know you're going across the line but to sit there and call him 
thugs and whatnot, to me, I would have been like, dude, just shake it off. Yeah, and I think kind of going to how it got out, like, I'm curious, was it a player that leaked this? Was no, it's it a player that leaked it. Coaches? No, it was a player that leaked it. It's probably somebody that's disgruntled. Um, I mean, that, that's what happens on losing teams. When, when, when you're losing, people get disgruntled. You know, I think I should be playing over this guy. This guy's getting the minutes. You know, uh, it, it could be all types of things. They, some, you know, the coach might say, you know what, I want to see you in this role, and you want to go play that role. So, I mean, you, you've seen it on different broadcasts. When someone's mad or disgruntled and there starts to be some losing, they go and become an anonymous source to the media and say, this is what's going on. And then that's when people come out and, 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 and have these stories like this, which is, which is crazy. That, that's, that's all it is. Usually on young, immature, losing teams, you have stories like this. You know, oh, the coach, the coach is hating on me. He ain't giving me my minutes, or I ain't getting plays ran for me to get me my shots. And, and that's what it is. You, you got, you just got a bunch of kids on the team. And which is the crazy thing because when you look at this season, everyone, we, and my, myself included, I'll, I'll admit that I was a part of this. You know, everyone's looking at, hey, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love. You guys are supposed to be the veterans. You guys are supposed to like keep being calm and then recently Kevin Love was being thrown under the bus for his antics and you know his him feeling disgruntled and being disgruntled and some of his things on and off the court and so everyone's looking like okay uh, these two champions that LeBron brought in for this Cleveland franchise if you guys are supposed to be leading these young groups if you guys are supposed to be the well, I thought, I mean, with that being said, I thought that Kevin Love was probably going to have a pretty decent season with, with the young nucleus of talent. It would almost be like the Minnesota days. But, you know, what I've also noticed in the NBA as well, like players like Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love, you when you have players that have been on, you know, teams that have probably gone to, you know, miraculously gone to four straight NBA finals or have had years of success, and then either the team gets old and certain players break down and you lose them and you start to go through that rebuilding process. Nobody wants to be there for the rebuilding process. It's cool when you're on the upswing and you're young, but when you're later in your twilight of your career and you've been on winning teams and now you're at this point, eh, you start to get a little more disgruntled and guys find ways to, to, to get out of town. I mean, remember when we used to interview Lamont Murray years back and he would talk about, you know, you'd be on some bad teams and all of a sudden – Guys would have certain injuries that you know on a on a on a, on a winning team they'd be back at it like yeah I'm I'm back out of here yeah 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 I'm ready to play and then on a losing team oh crap that same injury the dude's out for a month or yeah. you, you know you see it where the coach is talking and and nobody's paying attention then you got the situations where. You know, guys are finding any type of way to get out of out, out of out of the off the team. You know, some some players actually do that on purpose. They try to become a distraction to the team, so they so the team so they can trade them to get them out of there. You know, I just I just want to get out of here. This team is terrible, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if if Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love were trying to do that. I mean, seriously, I wouldn't be you know wouldn't wouldn't be uh, 
surprised by that. I could see them, you know, literally they they are players. Now, are they going to be superstars on the team? No. But could they add to a championship team, be a piece? Yes. So you go in there and say, you know, John Beeline said such and such and such and this and that. Oh, man. This is bad. And so then teams say, you know, teams will quietly find out who leaked the information. It's like, oh, this guy's not good for team camaraderie. And he's an older guy and he wants to get out of here. Well, let's ship him. Let's let's get some draft picks for this guy, or some little bit of compensation. We'll trade him to a championship team. You get rid of the guy because you're going young anyway. He gets out of the situation and goes to a team where they're winning. So it's like you both. It's both a win-win for you guys, and then that's usually what happens. And if you've noticed that, that usually happens on bad teams in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, early reports kind of. I don't want to say before the season, but a lot of people are thinking of Kevin Love kind of as a trade piece, possibly sending him to Miami or out to California to one of those Western Conference teams mm-hmm. just so they can get draft picks and get some younger players because John Beeline's coming in, essentially a college coach trying to take his first year with these college players. He has two players that play the same position at point guard. And kind of we're seeing the development of Sexton a little bit. Um, yeah, it's kind of when you're in this rebuild and you are this champion, you've been a like, I, and I don't want to get into the psyche of Kevin Love, but just kind of all the stuff that he's been through while being in Cleveland. Eh, it may be time for a fresh scenery because there are some players that you can, you've done all that you can for this franchise organization but then you want to kind of show loyalty and not be that veteran that leaves while these young, while these young guys are trying to get accustomed to the league. Mm. So it's kind of that duality of uh, you want to be a mentor, you want to show loyalty, you want to be a leader, but at the same time, it's like he knows he could probably go some, to another contender because he's a piece that a lot of teams need. And so it's kind of what does Kevin Love want to do? Mm. And then Tristan Thompson's just, you know, Yeah, he's just overpaid for not really doing much of anything, but he's been that since LeBron gave him the money. Well, LeBron didn't give him the money. The Cavaliers gave him the money, and that's part of their problem, too, is that they're cash-strapped. I mean, you know, and no one's really going to trade for Tristan Thompson in that big contract. So, um, I mean, that's really unfortunate. Moving on, though, uh, the All-Star game, which I think in all of pro sports, the NBA All-Star game is the better of all of them. Baseball is a bore. No one really pays attention to it. Really, no one pays attention to the Pro Bowl. And hockey now is to a three-on-three fest and also adding three-on-three women's hockey as well. So um, you you little disagreed with a, a, a couple of the selections, the, the starters. Yeah, so the starters came out. And part of the West, we knew LeBron and Luca would be there. We knew Anthony Davis, just the Lakers. Like, we knew the Western stars because the West is always – I don't want to say more easier to figure out because it's a more star-laden black position. But now we're transitioning over to the Eastern Conference. And I, I must admit, I did have some questions, primarily in the concern of Trey Young as an all-star starter. I know the game is supposed to be about flair, tricks, not really playing defense, which is why both he and James Harden are all-stars. But I just, when I think of all-stars, I and I think of guard, just the guard play in general. 
I'm thinking, are there better options that could have been chosen for kind of just all as all star starters or maybe eventually some of the reserves? I know those will be announced next week. But I, I'm thinking of a guy like a Derrick Rose. You know, all-star games in Chicago. We know this Derrick Rose ties to the Bulls and kind of how he's still beloved to a certain degree there. I mean, he's so respected. He's still a fan favorite. Why, why not have him as a starter? You got a guy like the current Bulls, Zach Levine, who played lights out for a little bit. I don't know if well, he, the fans, he was got I mean, enough votes to be an all-star starter, it, but... Right. Because, you know, no one's really watching Bulls basketball, for going to be honest. But, again, no one's watching the Hawks either. So, I think in that style of Flash, who do you want to see? The one one that I would switch if I could choose probably Trey Young for Derrick Rose. And even, like, did did Kimba Walker do enough to be an all-star starter? I don't know. Because I... Like when I see the Celtics, he you know he has up and down games. But if I'm thinking of a star for that team, I'm going to look for Jason Tatum as possibly star, or I don't know Jalen Brown. So yeah, like my first thought isn't Kimball Walker when I'm thinking about Boston. It's more of you know, honestly, kind of Taco Fall getting the, all of these fan votes and stuff. I knew he wasn't going to be a starter. Because Joel Embiid in Philadelphia, we knew Giannis was going to be there. And then Pascal Siakam playing lights out in Atlanta. So yeah, the guards, the guards in the East is my question, was my big question. But I can see fan favorite Trey Young just pulling up from the three point line or went across half court, just jacking up three because it's a high scoring game. So yeah, I, so I can see it, but yeah, that's my only thought about who could have been an all-star starter. Well, I mean, as I'm looking at the stars, I mean, Kimball Walker made it. Trey Young, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he was the captain. Joel Embiid and Pascal Siakam. Some people are saying, well, no, Derrick Rose. But, I mean, if the fans don't vote for him, they just don't vote for him. Is Derrick Rose going to be an all-star? Well, yeah, he's going to be an all-star. He's going to be on the reserves. Um, So th- there's no question there. Now, if, now, if he doesn't get on the all-star team, you know, with the reserves, with the coaches voting for it, then he's just getting totally disrespected. Some people would say, well, what about Jimmy Butler? Well, Jimmy Butler is a forward, but he'll probably get on there. Um. I mean that that's just the way it goes, and I mean, or even uh, Jimmy Butler's teammate Kendrick Nunn, the you know undrafted rookie, mm. and that's our story in Miami. I mean, I mean that's, that's a, a great fan. that's a great story, yeah. but the fact of the matter is Trey Young is a hell of a player. Now he the Hawks aren't a really good team, but is that somewhat of his fault? I mean, look who who's around him. Now I understand people say he's not great in defensive win shares. I think he's like three eighty seven out of three hundred and ninety or. 400 something I don't know um you know it it, it, to me it is what it is it is it is what it is and I I think he's I think it was a great pick to me because he's a fun player to watch I personally for me I think that Trey Young is is a is a great player to watch and he got on I do think though that Butler and Rose are going to also be on the all-star team 
just as reserves. Now, just because Trey Young is a starter doesn't mean he's going to go out and have a great game either. He might get out there, shoot a couple shots, and that's it. I, you know, um, Ben Simmons will probably be on the team as well. But, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I'm not really too worried about that with that. And then the West starters are James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic. I, I mean, I, I really – I like that pick right there. Um, but – I. To me, at least, at least, Trey Young is playing. You know, the things with Taco Fall, that that's just a joke. I thought Yao Ming years ago, he got a few extra all-star votes because of, of, the, of the whole China thing when there was years he shouldn't have been. Or if they would have voted in Kyrie Irving, he ain't played half the season to this point, or he's only played a few games. You know, come on. At least Trey Young is putting in the work and playing. He might be on a horrible team, but at least there's a guys that are playing that are getting on the team. Or, you know, they sit there and have Kevin Durant on the team. And he hasn't played all year. You know, that stuff that stuff like that starts to get kind of annoying. Yeah, you know, I would agree. Like, if Kyrie or Kevin Durant would have been voted starters, then obviously the league would have been like, wait a minute, and just kind of, I don't want to say shut the whole, you know, fan voting down by probably giving it less weight but yeah i could well it's it's fan voting and, and i think there is some media voting as well i mean it's not all strictly fan voting because you know that it that's been total debacle tree um with the with the fan voting as you as you know you know where years yeah. where Yao Ming and stuff were getting in or if it would have been total fan voting and taco fall was voted as a starter and you're just trying to get him in there for the novelty of the game you know that that's just kind of disrespectful. Yeah, and, and I think because kind of the way that they have it set up this year, of it being the cap or the the starters are locked in, and then the captain kind of pick the rest of the team. I guess that you could have kind of kind of done it the traditional way, just kind of had. Here are the Eastern Conference players, here are the Western Conference players, and then I guess captain drafted like that, but, but yeah. Or, or I, think about it, I, would have would have Steph Curry would have made the team? Because he could be a fan vote. He could he could have you know, he's he's had a broken hand and he did play a first few games early on in the season. You know, it just it's just like what? You know, this dude hasn't been playing. Yeah, and that's the tricky thing with the fan vote is because Fans want to see certain players that are that flashy, that are that stylish. I guess Trey Young is kind of taking the place of Steph this year in terms of just shooting the lights out. Mm-hmm. But we know, like, we know James Harden is just basically there to just jack up threes and do kind of alley-oop passes to Kawhi. We know Luka's there for his handles and kind of same thing. We know LeBron's there just because fans still want to see LeBron. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, still want to see. I mean, he's having a really let's face it, he's having a really great season. I mean, the Lakers are pretty much tops in the Western Conference. I mean, he's he really has had a redemption season. I, I kind of thought uh, it could be a possibility that he could happen, but then I thought eh, maybe not. But they did. He he really he really stepped up. They decided to you know bring a team that really fit around LeBron and. It's it's really paid off for the Lakers, and and you know he deserves all this this this, this All Star game. Some people have thought he probably would have fell off, and he hasn't. 
Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting just to kind of see this game. We know it's going to be like a 160 to 158 kind of game, mm-hmm. final score. But that's the beauty of it. It's just kind of, we're just here for the offense. And I guess like the last 78 minutes of the fourth quarter, then it looked like an NBA game where people were running plays and like actually trying to play defense. So, but it's going to be fan. We know the first half is going to be all the dunks that we didn't see the night before mm-hmm. in the slam dunk contest. People are going to be like, oh, I didn't know that he was you know, this, that, and the other. But, yeah, this should be a good story. And I think Chicago, I, I will be disappointed if mm-hmm. Derrick Rose is not not out there and doesn't get a good party standing ovation mm-hmm. kind of from the Chicago faithful. Yeah, the that is true, and it is in the shy. Um, I also hope that um Zach Levine makes it. I mean, Zach Levine has been having a really good year, and even though the Bulls have been really struggling, though. Yeah, I mean, he's really the one bull that most people can name. Now, granted, he had a couple of you know, high-scoring affairs, you know, basically carrying that team on his back, you know, left. On Wednesday night, scoring 25 to help beat Minnesota. But, yeah, you always want to have a good, solid fan-favorite hometown team. And I think being in Chicago, just the history, kind of knowing that Levine has, has shown previously to be in slam dunk contest, expect him to be on the roster and throw down a couple of in-game dunks to have people thinking, no, oh, you should have been in the slam dunk contest, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... It'll be a very interesting thing to, to, to see how, how all that shakes out. But it was good talking uh, some NBA with you and uh, also some NFL. What you got going on for the weekend, man? Third, again, watching watching the Pro Bowl because, you know, need a little bit of the football fix. Then Are you really going to watch NBA, the Pro Bowl? Really? I'm going to watch a little bit of highlights and then and then mainly just watch kind of like the senior bowl, college bowl, like so I can figure out the draft stuff. Like that's actually more exciting for me to watch on the pro bowl. So that would be me looking at some of those senior bowl games and receives and all all the other sponsored bowl games for college athletics. See who who's going to sneak into that first round. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Actually, for this weekend, I'll have a basketball game uh, against our rivals over there on Cherry Street Central Catholic High School. So it should be good, some good girls action going on. We'll be playing. That's why we had to actually record the show this weekend. It, it probably, if we didn't have the game, we'd be live in the studio. Frank Vashner will be with us. But, David, uh, enjoy the weekend and uh, enjoy watching the Pro Bowl, my man. All right, we'll do. See you next week. All right, man. That was David the Man of God Harris here on the phone lines on 88.3. W-X-U-T. Make sure you listen to us on our podcast. Uh, you can go to WXUT's After Further Review either on SoundCloud or on iTunes with a picture of Frank Vasher and the horse's head if you missed the show on Saturdays 11 to 1 on the terrestrial radio dial. But we are always got the podcast for you. For uh, David and Frank Vashner, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll have more 88.3 WXUT for you.